Beloved on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blonner, this is a beloved, and in this episode, we will be covering the NHL from October 27th to November 3rd with, you know, the usual new stat standings and more. However, this episode is very, very special because this morning, a massive, when I mean massive, I mean massive blockbuster trade happened. Um, this trade, you know, this whole saga really has been in the works for about a year. Um, and I'm really glad to see this person got traded. He got freed from the dumpster fire. But um, that's all the details I'm going to give you. We're going to get into it in a little bit. But first, we're going to start with the news. Abe, do you want to get us started? Yeah, let's just get started just a little bit more before we get into that special player who recently got traded. Um, but in Detroit, Dylan Larkin had to step away for the team for quote-unquote personal reasons. Don't know what that means yet, but hopefully he's doing better. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll be fine. He took the time away he needed, so good for him. Take you know, takes time off from hockey, really get himself or maybe some family thing, and uh, go back on the ice. Yeah. Some other news we got: Marion Gabrick has officially retired at the age of thirty-nine. Played for Minnesota, the Rangers, the Blue Jackets, the Kings, Ottawa, and was technically a part of Tampa. We didn't play for them. At four hundred and seven goals. 408 assists for a total of four, sorry, 815 points in 1,035 career games played. Um, I mean, he spent a lot of that with Columbus, Minnesota, New York, but um, a little bit with LA. So good for him, you know. He he spent, you know, he's a great, great guy. Is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Maybe we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, congrats to him. He hasn't been in the NHL for a little bit, but uh, officially retired. So good job, Baron Gabbert. Congratulations. Yeah, mazel tov to Gabrick. And um, he had a very even career, I'd say, with a 407, 408. You don't see that happen with a lot of players, but good for him. In some other news, Chipotle and the NHL announced a multi-year North American partnership. Don't know what that will entail, but hopefully we'll find out soon. If I had to guess, Chipotle is going to be in some of the uh, rinks, and they're going to charge $20 for a burrito bowl instead of the usual, usual like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I guess we get like brisket and guac. It's like a solid like sixteen dollars. I don't know, but um, yeah. You can also ask them for a water cup, and you can not get water. I did that yesterday. Um, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll have some little ads in the helmets. Maybe there'll be ads on the rink. Who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll find out. Um. I'm excited to see maybe some of the Chipotle ads will have like David Posternock because he's just in everything. Yeah. We'll see. He was in like some Duncan ads. Mm-hmm. He's, he was in a lot of Duncan ads. He but, was. Yeah. But like to move on to another piece of news. Finally, the Hockey Hall of Fame had has scratched out Brad Aldrich's name out of the Stanley Cup. So very glad that has happened. Yeah. And Brad Aldrich, he was the one that sexually assaulted um, – Kyle Beach. Kyle Beach on the Blackhawks in 2010. So, yeah, it was, it was bad. I'm glad his name got crossed off. It's not not good. Not he good. did not deserve to be there. No. And uh, also, I guess, some good news. The Predators are retiring Pecorino's number 35 on February 24th, 2022. Um, it's their first jersey uh, number, number to be retired. So, I mean, the Predators' recent, somewhat recent franchise, Pecorino, I think has been their best player of all time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, he's took him to the Stanley Cup Finals. He was great. Um, 
kind of shaky towards the end of his career, but he was really old, so it's fine. Pecorino, though, I mean, I okay, in like the 20, was it like 2014 Olympics? Yeah. Was that the winter one? I was yes. watching Team Finland, and I was like kind of mad they were starting Pecorino over Tuka Rask, but it is whatever, it is whatever. He um, deserved it then. Like, like yeah, I, I guess. But two grass is also really good. But Ooh. that's when I first knew of Pecorino because I looked, I was like, oh, this guy's actually really good. Yeah, we talked a lot about him when he first fully, like, officially retired, but I'm happy to see that they're retiring his number. It's nice that they put a date on it. Mm-hmm. Some other news, Kelsley Kozler, the former NWHL defenseman, has become the first black woman to coach an NCAA team. Very happy about this. Like, it's nice to see some progress in the hockey community. Yeah, I've actually noticed in a lot of episodes that we've had, there's always, like, it's usually, like, every other-ish episode, there's always, like, a break in a barrier type thing. So, yeah, good good for hockey, you know, good for hockey. It's nice to see it progress as a sport. Yeah, and um, I guess, I don't know, we're kind of going, like, good, bad, good, bad at the news. This one's more on the bad side, Very I guess. Bad. Um, Several NHL teams' owners are extremely unhappy with Gary Bettman's leadership, I guess you could call. I mean, he's messed up a lot. Chicago scandal, CTE, doing nothing for retired players. Players' suspensions are get like messed up. Lack of global strategies. Um, issues with like painkillers and other substances, substances, and like much more. He just like doesn't do anything. He disregards a lot of issues and makes wrong choices on a bunch of other stuff. Also, his voice is really annoying. I'm not gonna lie. He's like announcing the Stanley Cup, and he's like, "We are so honored." To announce the Stanley, the St. Louis Blues, the Stanley Cup champion. Shut up, Gary. You're not like. Yeah. He doesn't have that kind of like podcasting voice no, like we no, have. No, no, he doesn't. He really doesn't. But like, also, like, I don't like Roger Goodell, but he has a nice like given the giving the Super Bowl winning team like the trophy voice. You know, he says it with like conviction. I know, I know. Gary Bettman's like, we are sober. You bro, you had so many struggles and you worked through them. And she, but he it, sounds like annoying. He's like, and you worked through them, right? Like you have to look at it. Just not. And he doesn't really put emotion into his words. He sort of just like reads the script. And in terms of his job, it's not like he was ever really doing much. Oh, he's just like bad. He, he, like, I don't think I've heard a piece of like good thing that he did. Like every other thing I've heard has been credited to some other part of the NH of the NHL as an organization. Also, a lot of owners were unhappy that they and a little weirded out that he kept referring to the NHL as a family every time he messes up. But like it's just him messing up, and every other piece of of the NHL is working fine. I know, and he's also caused like two or three lockouts too. Yeah, I think three, like three, which is just like not good. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised he hasn't been fired yet, but we can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't like. It's kind of, I mean, he's the one that like owns the league. I don't really know how that works because he's like on top the entire league. There's a like the board of all the owners are his boss. It's like the board of directors. Yeah. All right. Well, it kind of sucks. I mean, we can give you some updates in the future if something happens. But right now, just a lot of NHL owners are really unhappy. Yeah. And something I think is going to be hilarious. China is going to be playing in the Olympics. I can probably guess how this is going to go, considering they're in a division with Canada, USA, and Germany. Canada, USA, and, G- and Germany, too, are going to be treating this like, oh, we played such a tough team. We played Canada. We played USA. We played Germany. Now we got to play China. Here's our break. Let's start our bench players. Let's start our, like, taxi squad. Yeah, I mean, like, 
Oh, I mean, China was considering, I don't know if it was China or like the Olympic committee was like telling them like, hey, maybe you shouldn't play because you're going to go get whooped, not have a fun time. But um, I'm you're honestly mad about it. I'm honestly kind of excited to see what, what happens, especially like with, with like Germany. I feel like Germany is going to beat them by the most because what's going to happen with Canada and the U.S. are just going to take it as a joke. Germany will still also take it as a joke, but slightly less as a joke, considering they're not as good as Canada, the U.S. So sure. I feel like Germany is going to be the team that ends up winning like twenty-eight to zero, and the U.S. is going to win like nine-zero, which is like great. But it's against like China. I don't know. They're just like not going to take them seriously. I think any given NHL team, or even like half the minor teams, could probably beat China. More the than e- half the, the ECHL AHL. teams could play could beat China. Maybe the. The QMJ or like the the, minor, <laughs> the QMJ the Canadian teams could probably beat China. I would not be surprised. It's just not a prevalent sport there. There's no relevance. It's it's actually get it's actually getting a little bit a little bit better because I remembered like three no right. like four years ago the Bruins my, no, the Bruins yeah but I like okay not my team but the age below me like they played an exchange team from China and, like, lost. Like, they came all the way from China and, like, beat up on the 05-06 Austin Brighton Wee youth hockey team, which I thought was kind of funny. Were they the same age as you? Well, no, the Chinese team and the team that played them, like, they were, like, in the same, like, organization as me, but they were just, like, younger. And, like, I think – I'm pretty sure the Chinese team won. Huh. Maybe we're not giving them all the credit they deserve, but – when you're going when you're going up against like Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and like Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, there's like I'm sorry, no team is going to stand a chance, let alone China. But, I, I, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It's gonna be fun to watch. I know that's for sure. And in some other uh, good news, I guess I don't know. It's like two good ones in a row. Uh, Adam Fox is signed or is re-signing, signing contract extension. The Rangers seven-year deal worth nine point five mil per year, so sixty-six point five in total to start after this year. Um, same amount of money as McAvoy just won last year for for reference. A lot of NHL defensemen. I mean, a lot of them got huge, huge paydays this offseason. Almost every single one that w- was available to get one got one. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But one thing I'm worried about here is we know how good Adam Fox was this past year, and we know how good he was at the beginning of this year. But, Leo, you've brought up this point again and again and again about players will play for their contract incentive and then not play at the same level they played once they get the money. Like, or at least in the last couple games, this had not happened with Charlie McAvoy, but I'm worried could this happen with Adam Fox? I feel like it's different because it's like in the beginning of the season, and it's like here to kind of – like, I feel like the contract negotiation started a while ago. They just got the deal done now. And in between, they probably played, like, eight to, like, ten games. But, like, I feel like the difference is, like, for example, last year with, like, Jordan Bennington, they, they already played three quarters of the season and then extended him. So he's working really hard, and then he, like, got paid. But I feel like he earned it last year, and they were just doing – they were just negotiating for a few weeks and then finally got the deal done. So I think he'll be fine. Yeah. All right. But another defenseman deal. Morgan Riley extended his contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Eight-year deal, $7.5 million AAV, $60 million in total. So it's one year more than Adam Fox. 
but $2 million less per year. He's making a total of $6.5 million less in the total contract than Adam Fox uh, over a longer period of time. But he's obviously a, a way worse defenseman. So I feel like, I mean, I guess really anyone compared to Adam Fox, considering he won the Norris last year, is like not as good. However, I don't think he's like way worse. I think he's like, I'd consider him like an elite defenseman, but not like a superstar defenseman. I'd so, put him in like top 25. No, I'm putting him like top 10, like later of top 10. Back. The, I, I personally think that that's a little generous. All right. Well, but, eight uh, years, 7.5. That's per, ah, it's a top, top 12. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like same thing with Fox. Probably were negotiating for a while and finally just got the deal done. So, yeah, clearly, considering they were doing it like this late into the season, even though the season's been already going on for like a month. It has. Uh, it's been like two weeks. No, it's been like three weeks. Oh, the Bruins have only played like seven games, so it's weird. Some of the other teams played like 11 games. Yeah, so the I Bruins are going to be playing a lot of games late season yeah. that are going to really probably matter considering how tough the division is right now. But, um, but, also, congratulations to Ryan Getzlaff. He surpassed Timu Salon for most points in Anaheim Ducks history. Not a long history, but still at 989 points. That's an amazing feat. Congratulations. I actually love Timu Salani. He went from uh, Anaheim to the Jets, and then the Jets became the Thrashers, but he didn't go with them. And then the Thrashers like became the Jets again. But I don't know. I actually like Timo Solani, so good. Um, and he had like a little Jofa too. Like, I mean, he played until like 2013, and he still wore the Jofa, which is pretty funny. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, great long career. No, maybe he went from the Jets to Anaheim. I don't remember. Either way, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, and he still has a not like he's definitely a veteran right now, but he's not like the. But he still has lots of really good hockey in front of him. Yeah, I, I say yeah. He he's gotten he's gotten a nice. He really is. He's he's progressing each year, even though he's getting older. He's showing no signs of slowing down. Yeah, okay. and okay, he was drafted by Winnipeg with Anaheim. Uh-huh. Um, okay. The big trade. The big. Trade. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Maybe sorry. we should let's not indulge them just yet. What what if we go over injuries first? Duty injuries. I mean, like. Let's just build we'll, up the suspense right, we'll a little bit. We'll go through it quickly because whatever. Philip Forsberg, he's weak to weak in upper body injury. Not great for the Predators. But it's only week it's to only week. It's only week to week. It's not terrible. And also Crosby and Max Domi are both COVID positive, but hopefully they're vaccinated. They'd be idiots not to be. So, Yeah, I hopefully they'll be fine. Hopefully their lungs don't get messed up because it's like COVID in the short term for vaccine is not terrible, but like. The lung capacity is just like not great. Yeah. It really hurts athletes. Yeah, especially world class athletes that need that like breathe like significantly more than the average human. Like it's just like I don't understand how they just like breathe. Like yeah, it's so. And much. in each, they take very long deep breaths. Mm-hmm. It's what they train to do. William Carlson out six more weeks. Another big blow for the Golden Knights, who right now also have Stone out. Um. Pacioretty out with broken foot and white clouds. So, like, pretty much their whole first line is out. Yep, that is rough. But also, Rickard Raquel is out week to week with an upper body injury. But once again, that's only week to week. Shouldn't hurt too much. Yeah, and Jack Hughes is out at least five weeks with a left shoulder dislocation. 
Uh, that kind of sucks for him and the Devils, but uh, he should bounce back. It's not too, too bad. Just a shoulder dislocation. Yeah, and thank you for being so patient with this, but let's get into the juicy part. You ready? Yes. Okay. This trade was between the Buffalo Sabres and the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Buffalo receives. Um, they got Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a first-round pick, and a third-round pick for Jack Eichel in a third-round pick. Now, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Jack Eichel being traded from Buffalo to Vegas. Great for Vegas, right? And I would totally agree with you. You thought I'd say something controversial. Not at all. I think, it's, <laughs> I think this is great. I think this is great for Vegas. I mean, is he still out four more months because he's about to get surgery? Yes. Did Vegas just get rid of the, one of their better defensemen? Yes. And a good prospect, I guess, a uh, prospect – like a young player, I guess. Yes. Did they get rid of a first round pick? Yes. But that first round pick is practically just like a really early second round pick. So they're going to be good. Oh, and with that first round pick, the Golden Knights 2022 first is a top 10 protected pick. If they get a top 10 pick, the Sabres get a 2023 first round pick instead. Sorry, sorry. So they're actually not even getting as much as we thought. Well, it's like uh, so kind of the first ten is a lot more valuable of a first round pick than like the yeah, rest. I know, but they're not going to finish bottom ten. I understand they have a slight losing record right now. But that's because all of their players are hurt. Once they come back and get Eichel back, all they need to do is make the playoffs in hockey, and then you can you can kind of go from there. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really liking this for Eichel. Finally got out of the dumpster fire of Buffalo. Amen. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous that they got Tuck Krebs a first round pick, which. I mean, Buffalo doesn't know how to draft. They do know how to draft a few picks. They drafted Eichel just to trade him. And um, Ramos Dahlin hasn't been terrible. Yeah, Dahlin hasn't been bad. Dahlin's been pretty good. The issue is, like, okay, that's great. You have one good draft pick, mm-hmm. and the rest of your team is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Although, in the beginning of the season, they were pretty good. But um, they'll, they'll suck later on. Um, and then they, like, kind of pick swap the thirds. Um, so I guess it's like good for Vegas because they'll get a better third round pick. Yeah, and I have to say, Vegas won this deal by a mile. But because I think Jack Eichel, like if you're looking at just at the way players are working, the skill of Jack Eichel is worth so much more than Tuck Krebs and the fir- and firsts because um I believe the the Sabers already assigned Krebs back to the AHL and Tuck is out. And should return from his injury sometime in January. They're not getting this. Granted, Jack Eichel is also still hurt. But I'd say the only reason Buffalo accepted a deal so terrible for them is because Eichel wasn't going to do anything for them in the first place. Because even if he did get healthy, he'd just be pouting the whole time and not playing to his best and or even playing. Yeah, he honestly might just like sit out. But um, I feel like Buffalo definitely could have gotten more. 100%. I mean, I heard from... I think I I saw Puck Empire. They they almost got um, what was it? I don't know. Blank from the Flames. Um, oh yeah, they were working on a deal with them. Yeah, the Flames have had Matthew Tuchuk, a former, a future first, a former first round pick, and two prospects in the Eagles' sweepstakes. I feel like that's significantly better than Tuck and Krebs. Although Tuck and Krebs, I feel like they're both like I'm. Mean, Tuck's really good. Krebs can be really good. Um, but it's not worth Eichel. I'd say Tuchuk is better because he has the skill. He's just not producing in Calgary. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't train. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Who knows? 
I'm glad that I know I, I like BU hockey. You know, born here, but um, yeah. So I'm glad Jack Jack Eichel is gonna hopefully win something one day. If the Bruins don't win, I'll root for Vegas because of Jack Eichel. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player, and it's gonna be fun to watch him there with those players like William Carlson and and Petrangelo and everyone else once they come back from injury. Like playing along. I'm just gonna refuse to say Gallagher. I really just like Gallagher. He's gonna. Isn't all right? Isn't Gallagher on a like not? I thought Vegas. he was on Vegas. Oh no, no! no I know I misspoke. I misspoke. In my mind, I thought Pacioretty, but I said Gallagher because yeah, I really yeah. just like both of them. Oh, they're both in the Habs too. Yeah. Oh, like no, I just like them both yeah, because yeah. of how good they were on the Habs. That's fair. Like, I, I do that. So I'm much. not gonna mention Pacioretty, even though I just mentioned him now. I'm not gonna mention him in a good light. I'm sorry. I'm too much of a Bruins fan. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But I feel like Eichel, Stone, and Carlson is gonna be the third best line in hockey behind um, McKinnon, Ranson, and Landeskog. And the best line in hockey, in my opinion, Pasta, Burge, Marchand. So. I agree. Even though the Bruins mixed up those lines a couple nights ago where they threw Pasta down and brought um, Taylor Hall, I think, up, which was a little interesting. They, but still, still easily the best line in hockey. I know. if the, When the Bruins, like, try and get their secondary scoring going, sometimes we'll put Pasta on the second line and, like, Craig Smith or Hall on the first line just to try and jumpstart it a little bit. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Because, I mean, last year when they had Krejci, Krejci and Pasta was such a good connection. But um, Krejci is no longer with the Bruins. But, um, yeah. Oh, and uh, just got a notification from Bleacher Report. Eichel opens up on Sabres. Former Buffalo Center gives behind-the-scenes story of asking Sabres for trade. So, I, I if you want to go check that out, you definitely yeah. can. And also, to quote Jack Eichel, I think he tweeted or, or said, texted someone something, but on Puck Empire um, – he said, Vegas, baby. Vegas, yep. He said it in a tweet and a photoshopped image of him on a Vegas Knights player, his face on a Vegas Knights player in, in his jersey on the ice. And I have to say, he looks good in a Vegas jersey, and I'm excited to see it. All caps, Vegas, baby, comma, Vegas. Mm-hmm. He is so happy to be there. Yeah, and I, I just looked at quick quotations. He was just like, yeah, well, we weren't really in a position of, you know, like winning, so I wanted to leave. That's fair. So I really don't support that mindset, but no, I I get it. I mean, he's been there for a while. They've been terrible at managing. They just, I mean, they they've just been awful since he was there. He's, this is like what his seventh season in the league, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I like. I definitely. I agree, and I probably would have done the same thing he did if I had that kind of talent and I was in that position. Which is as like a sportsmanship ideal. I forget. Like, all, when all this first Eichel stuff started, one of his teammates said, you know, maybe the reason why we're doing so well is the leadership, and he was the captain. So, yeah, I feel like... The captain's got to say, it's not his fault that Buffalo's been awful for the past... Oh, oh, whatever. obviously not. So, I'm he saying, needs something to change. It's not like him being there and saying, like, well, yeah, like, I got to leave. Well, it's not, like, not necessarily his fault. It's, like, the management keeps screwing them over. Y- yes. Like, I really do agree with you on that part. If I was him, I would have 100% do that. But just in terms of, like, a general thinking, it's not the best. But something he did say that I really, really like is that he said, use me as a jumpstart in his interview. And that I really like because he wasn't just saying, I hate this team. We suck. I want to ditch. He was saying, oh, use me for that rebuild you're trying to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I, I respect that a lot. Um, instead of just being like, F you, I want to leave because you guys kind of suck. It's just like, 
use me as a jump start, you know? So, like, I can get out of here. And you'd be good, too, you know? So, there you go. Like, yeah. It, like, works. He, like, still is wishing for Buffalo success, mm-hmm. which is, personally, I think that's never that's not going to happen. It's, gonna it, happen. it's a dumpster fire. He want to get out of there for a reason. Mm-hmm. All right. That's uh, the... It's a Jack Eichel saga. Uh, it's it's not over, though. It's not over. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'll see how Tuck, Krebs, and that first-round pick do. And we Imagine can see... Eichel ends up terrible in Vegas, and, the, and Tuck and Krebs end up being, like, the best players in the league. Uh, I would laugh so hard. I know. But um, I don't know. I mean, Eichel's not going to come back for another four months because he's going to get surgery, and then he'll be back in around four months. So That's true. Yeah. yeah. So we got to wait a long time before we can see the fruits of this trade. Yeah, but I feel like playoff Eichel is where we're going to see really what he's made of. Oh, we're finally going to see him in the playoffs. You're right. Yeah. You're so right. That's going to be so fun. I know. I'm excited. Yeah. So enough of Jack Eichel. We talked a lot about him. Let's move on to just normal episode stuff. Hot and cold team of the episode. Leo, why don't you get us started with your hot team? My hot team, Carolina Hurricanes. They beat Boston 3-0. Beat Chicago 6-3. And four to three, and then the Yotes, uh, two to one. So total of four zero zero. I mean, what? They're still what's the record? Like nine. They're nine zero zero. That's ridiculous. So um, yeah. yeah, Carolina. I mean, haven't lost a game in nine games. Of course, they're the hot team of the week. Yeah, and I have to say, I agree with you there. I also got Carolina. Same reasons. Pretty hard to argue. Then um, for the cold team of the week, I'm gonna go with the Arizona Coyotes. They have yet to win a game. They also have a negative 29-point differential, worse in the league by a mile. It's yeah. just awful. I mean, considering, what's the record, 0-9-1? Yes. So they're they're losing by an average of 2.9 goals per game. That's not good. That's awful. It's not like they're letting up 2.9 goals. They're, av- they're losing by an average of 2.9 goals, which is horrendous. Yeah. It's terrible. And, and in their points percentage, because they have – one point. It's point oh five oh. Jeez. I mean, I I think the other. I think they'll be a little better. Um, I don't think they'll be the dumpster fire of the league this year. They do have cool jerseys, but like, yeah. At uh, least like Buffalo's starting out with a good kick, like they always do. I don't know. At least Buffalo starts well, and that sucks. Arizona's just like sucking. Yeah, because like Buffalo is a dumpster fire, but everything that gets thrown into a dumpster was at one point useful. So that's. Happens at every season. Mm-hmm. It's, facts. I truly think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to move on to our lineup of the episode section. Our lineups are pretty similar. There's like two, I see. There's two changes at right and left wing. And then, uh, yeah, only two changes. So uh, at center, we both got Leon Dreisaitl. Undisputed. Five goals, four assists for a total of nine points in four games played. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, ties sixth place for fewest games to 20 points in a season with nine. That's pretty cool. I mean, he's just like He has up. 20 points on the... Yeah, he has 20 points like, this season in like nine with games. only nine games. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Okay, no, that was a little unclear by me. Um, just, It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, He won the Hart Trophy a couple years ago, too. And the thing is, he'll always be overshadowed by McDavid. But if, if like... And obviously, McDavid helps it. I know. But obviously McDavid helps him, but like, I mean, people would be putting him in like top three of the league conversation if Mc, if like he wasn't like if he had this numbers had these numbers and McDavid wasn't on his team. So 
Yeah, I think we should be putting him in that conversation. I really agree. I also have him as my center this week. The guy's been nuts. And also, he's. I'd give a lot of the credit to the Oilers' success to him because right now they're 8-1-0, 16 points. But let's move on to the left wing. This is where we differ a little bit. I got Gabriel Landisog. He's 2-4-6 and six in only three games. I think that's really great. He's been and also been he's been phenomenally defend on the defensive side of the puck too. Has some shutdown plays, and I don't think he has a minus point game, but I'm not entirely sure about that stat. I need to double check it. Yeah, I mean, right now I have Artemi Panarin, the bread man. He is or he had one goal, five assists for a total of six points in three games. Um, that's really good. I mean, yeah, a lot of people think of think of him as a great goal scorer, but don't get it wrong, he's also a great playmaker. So, yeah, that's why he's my left wing of the week. Yeah. Oh, I just looked up the stat for Gabriel Landisog. In the section of time we're doing this episode in, he has yet to put up a plus minus a minus plus minus night. Damn. That's good for him. Good for him. And then how about we go over to our right wings? I'm gonna take Patrick Kane. Really hate the Blackhawks right now, but it's hard for me to ignore what this guy has done. He's four goals, two assists, and for six points in, in only two games played. They played a third game, but I'm also not really including that. He did this in just two games. And in one of those games, he got a Hattie. I think that's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, good good for Patrick Kane. Not not too high on the Blackhawks, but good for Patrick Kane. I'm going for my right-wing pick, Troy Terry. Five goals in four games. Does this guy play first-line minutes? No. Does this guy play first-line power play? Also no, but Troy Terry, good good for him. I mean, he he really put himself on the map in the shootout against Team Russia in the 2017 World Juniors, where he scored three consecutive five hole goals against Ilya Samsonov. So um yes, yeah, sent them to the championship game against Canada for the gold medal game, and they ended up winning in a shootout again. So I like to see it. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some more from this kid later. Troy Terry, good good for him. Yeah. And then also, we share both of our defensemen. But our defenseman one of this week is Adam Fox. He's one goal, five assists, six six points in three games played. He's been phenomenal offensively. He's not been the – I would argue that he's not been the number one defenseman defensively. That's our other defenseman for the night. But um, I think he's been playing great offensively and defensively too. He's been a really great solid player, especially after that big contract boost. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, he's really – He's playing like he's getting paid nine point five. I guess definitely not this year, but after this year he's getting paid nine point five. But he's playing like he's getting paid nine point five. So that's what matters. Good for him. Next up, we got Kevin Shattenkirk, five assists in four games played. He had no minus nights. Um, the plus minus stat. So I'm a big fan of stat. So. Yeah, I mean some of the pluses are from Troy Terry too. That is true. He's like he's. I think a few of his assists were on Troy Terry girl goals. He's been great. Uh, so we got a nice Ducks pair here. Yeah. Then also, our goalie. I picked this goalie last week. He has proved me right once again. Frederick Anderson hated him when he was on the Leafs. Now he is 3-0. He has yet to lose a game. Carolina is 9-0. He has played eight out of those nine games. He has been phenomenal. He had one shutout. One game where he only allowed one goal allowed. And then one game where he allowed three goals allowed. But his offense helped him out there. But he's still been easily the best. Yeah, I feel like this is more a testament to the Leafs on how bad they are at defense. Because Morazic, like, not – I'd say he's, like – he was pretty good with the Hurricanes. It wasn't, like, 
amazing by any standards, but like you know, he he had a stretch, it was pretty good. And uh, then he goes to the Leafs, and he's just not been good. You know, Jack Campbell, he's been he's been, he's been hasn't Mrazek really been hurt though? Yeah, I, like he's been dealing with an injury, but I still. Was, yeah, so there's Morassic, but then as soon as Anderson leaves the Leafs, he has been the best goal in the league so far. So, I don't yeah. know. I mean, good good for Anderson, but I feel like it's more of a testament to the Leafs. Yeah, and this is also happening on, like, with the Hurricanes without Dougie Hamilton, who left the free agency in New Jersey. So, and we haven't heard much from Dougie Hamilton this season. He scored, like, 17 seconds into the game, or, like, 7 seconds into his Devils career. So Yeah, that part was pretty cool. It was, it was cool. Like, outside of that, not really much. Uh, this is a really great defensive-minded Carolina team ran by Ron Brindamore. Yeah, and they also have great offensive players, too. Like, you know, Sebastian Cobb, Natchez, all the great yeah. Sebastian Ajo. Ajo. Got great stick handling, that guy. Mm-hmm. All right, but should we move on to our last segment, our stats? Let's shell. Yes. Let's, why don't you guys start with goals? All right, goals. Got dry started with nine. We're just talking about how great he was. OV with nine, and 10 players tied for third with seven. So Yep. Already talked about dry sidle. Ovechkin's been phenomenal. I think he was – I was very leaning into putting him into my team of the week this week, but I decided against it in the very end because his last episode was just – like the time for them was – he was just playing so much better. He's regressing, but obviously not by much. 10 players tied. We're not going to go through all that. Let's, and then in the points category, Drysdale got 20. I already talked about McDavid got 19. There's not really much to say there. He's been phenomenal. And Ovechkin with 15, he's been great. Yeah. I mean, McDavid, Drysdale, they feed off each other. And Ovechkin, nine goals, six assists. Also been playing great for Capitals team. It's been pretty well. So Yeah. yeah. And we'll probably include a goalie shot a little later in the season. But those stats are always so skewed in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like right now, Valley Huso is leading the league, league in save percentage. He probably a, will because he probably won't play another game. A one-game shutout. Good for him. Yep, good for him. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blonder. We are Twigs and the Hawks, and have some great time watching hockey.